Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here in Las Vegas at the PCI community meeting. I'm talking with PCI Security Standards Council General Manager Stephen Orfe and Chris Novak of Verizon. Stephen, you mentioned this morning in your keynote address that nearly 100% of the card breaches that we see could have been prevented with easy fixes. What do you think the issue is here? Why are so many of these card breaches that could easily have been prevented still happening, still getting through? Hi, Tracy. Good to be with you once again. Thanks for coming to the North America meeting. Yeah, we, we did talk about that earlier today. I think that in large part, um, yeah, it's not so much someone's dropping the ball. I think it's building in uh, security as business as usual into the day-to-day -day activity. And, and you know, we're starting to see that kind of momentum in the marketplace. So, as the Verizon report is the gold standard in our industry, and they've reported and aggregated data for 10 years, we know that these breaches were preventable. And if we could be more vigilant and make it routine, I think then we're in a better place. Chris, you just gave a session about some of the breaches that you see and the ways that organizations are being targeted. You mentioned that most organizations don't think that they are being or will be targeted. Do you think this is the biggest risk? Yeah, so I think the problem is if you don't expect it or you don't think it's possible, you're much more likely to miss it altogether, right? When we talk about breach discovery or breach identification, you have to know what you're looking for to begin with. And if you don't know or you don't expect it, or worse, most people think that everybody else is going to get hit except them, then you're not on the lookout, and so you're going to miss what happens. Kind of naive. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, does this jibe with what you hear or see in the industry? Absolutely. The, the great work that Verizon's doing, we rely on heavily. So the information that's being shared by Chris and his presentations here at the meeting are invaluable to us, and we, we learn many lessons from it. Chris, going back to your presentation, you mentioned that 75% of breaches spread from one victim to another victim within a day, which I found quite interesting. What can we learn from that? Sure. So I think the biggest thing to learn from that is the fact that most of the threat actors want to move quickly in order to be able to continue to reuse their tools, techniques, and procedures. So if they have a piece of malware that works, you know, the example I used in my presentation is it's like a, like a car or a home robbery kind of thing. If they have something that works, they want to hit as many victims as they can before they get discovered. Because once they get discovered or once their technique gets figured out in the cyber world, you know, your antivirus gets updated, now they're no longer a threat or they're no longer viable uh, to be able to go after other organizations. So it's, for them, it's all about speed before their tools get identified. What about the sectors that are most often hit? You mentioned that the public sector is, is getting hit quite hard. Would you say that the public sector is getting hit more than the retail sector? So I think the public sector is hit differently than retail. I think the reality of it is we have great reporting from our public sector um, contributors, so we have a lot of data on it. So it may make them look like an oversized target. Um, the reality of it is I think that it's hit fairly evenly. I think there's different types of attacks in the public sector. So on the retail side, we see more opportunistic, financially motivated attacks attacks. On the public sector side, we tend to see more of your, your espionage campaigns going after more specific information, maybe less targeted for, say, financial information. Chris, is it fair to say that the public sector and the espionage community, of course, are, are experiencing more sophisticated level attacks, say, versus our merchant community where we know clearly that there are preventable? Yeah, so I would tend to say that on the public sector side, we do see an elevated level of sophistication because that is where we see more of the espionage, nation-state kind of attacks. I think there are sophisticated attacks that happen in the, you know, in the PCI community, in the retail community, but by and large, like the data has shown, 
nearly all the ones that I've seen and been familiar with have been preventable. Sure. You also mentioned, Chris, during your presentation that there are a number of outdated versions of Windows out there. You even mentioned some versions dating back to 93 and 95, which kind of has taken me aback a bit. How common is this? So I'd like to say that it's uncommon, but lately it feels like it's getting more common, which is unusual. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of comes and goes in waves. Um, we see these periods of time where it feels like everything is getting better, and then all of a sudden we find this pocket of the world that is you know, operating in a time warp. Um, and we find that it's just organizations that are using legacy equipment, legacy applications for any number of reasons. You know, they acquired a company that has old equipment, hardware applications, and they just decide, hey, let's just leave it as it is. It's working. The problem is it's not secure or compliant. Yeah, that's really surprising to me. Stephen, I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, do you have any thoughts about what the reason for that would be? I, you know, I, I don't know if this is, if this is statistically uh, provable, but in my estimation, I, I think a lot of that is around, you know, senior folks that um, get comfortable with the system and really don't want to change anything up and, and upgrade and patch and move up and, and, and swap out the devices. So it's kind of like it's working, I, and that's why I know this system, I don't want to touch it, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's a valid assessment. You know, talking about the sophistication of attacks, something else that Chris mentioned in his presentation is that more than 900 of the breaches that we continue to see today um, involve or in some way traced back to phishing. I found that interesting because we've talked so much about phishing over the last five to ten years, but these attacks are still working. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know, we talked a little bit about phishing uh, today on, on the threat landscape. It, I, I think it's absolutely fair to say that it, it's become much more sophisticated, and, and they're really enabled by the social media networks. Um, you could look at an executive's profile on LinkedIn or on Facebook and other media and, and really be able to put together a formidable email that you would want to open. You know, here's the pictures from your daughter's wedding, or and, uh, oh, well, let me take a look at that. You click on that, and then the payload's delivered, the malware's in the system, and now you're infected. Absolutely, and, and I highlighted during the presentation also that, you know, we see a lot of situations where some of these threat actors will put bounties out there. And they'll say, you know, they'll pay ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get credentials to a certain organization. So that also drives a significant interest among that part of the threat actor community to build these more sophisticated social engineering and phishing schemes in order to target things like credentials. And in fact, the number one thing we see phishing is targeting is credentials. Yeah, and, you know, as the technology is getting better and evolving, it, you still have that human element, you know, and and that's that that's always a vulnerability. Yeah, yeah and it's a business. It's a business for sure. And in closing, going back to your presentation again, Chris, and I'm sure Stephen will have some comments here as well. You mentioned that the average time of discovery when it comes to an incident or a breach is eight months. I know that that's not really surprising to any of us, even though we'd like to shorten that amount of time. But what I did find most interesting was another statistic that you brought in, and that is that less than 10% of breaches are discovered by internal means. That is so shocking to me that it's external forces that are still alerting an institution or an organization that they've had breach. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of one of the surprising things for me as well. It's an area that we'd love to be able to improve, and a lot of it has to do with improved detection and discovery mechanisms, understanding what you're looking for. In fact, it's interesting because one of the things I often find is that in our investigations, it's not usually that we're recommending an organization to buy more tools. Usually it's more about improved resources, processes, and procedures, and if they have that in place, and to Steve's comments earlier, if it was more business as usual, 
I think we'd see a dramatic improvement in that percentage. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I would add, and I'm sure you would agree, Chris, you know, it's very often uh, it's the Secret Service or the FBI that's uh, calling the merchant and making them aware of the breach, Absolutely. unfortunately. And they do an outstanding job. Uh, you know, one of the focuses that I mentioned in my presentation today was that we're really going to look at detection and, and figure out how can we collapse this time frame? How can we detect and deter these intrusions in a timely manner and, and really look at incident response and, and, and encourage tabletop exercises. You know, just don't have a plan that sits on a shelf. Actually execute against it. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned in your presentation to Stephen that information sharing is becoming more of a focus for the council and it seems that information sharing in these types of cases could help some of these organizations detect their own breaches sooner. Absolutely, Tracy. I mean, so our, our thinking there, and we've had a, a huge outreach campaign in the last couple of years and working with law enforcement, uh, the Secret Service uh, for sure, and other law enforcement agencies, and working uh, down in Capitol Hill and going across the aisle from Democrats to Republicans, a working Congress, and, and and regulators and all and it, it, it's to me it's collaboration information sharing and then being able to provide actionable intelligence to the business community so they can defend against these attacks and know where they can get the solution to the attack how it's perpetrated and what you do to defend against it well I appreciate your time today both of you thank you very much Thank you, Tracy, and again, thanks for coming to the conference. Well, thanks for having me. Again, we've just heard from Stephen Orfe of the PCI Security Standards Council and Chris Novak of Verizon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.